Hello folks, welcome to India to Germany. I'm your host Paras Mehta and today's episode is about something that Germany is famous for. It's PhD and academic research opportunities. And to shed some light on this topic, today I have with me Professor Biprajit Sarkar, who is University Professor and Director of the Institute of Inorganic Chemistry at the University of Stuttgart in Germany. Welcome Biprajit, thank you for speaking with us. Uh, thank you very much, Paras, for uh, having me in your podcast. It's it's a it's a huge pleasure, of course. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so I'll jump right in and ask you a couple of questions. Yeah, my first question is, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your background. Um, yes. So I, of course, uh, come from India, uh, as should be obvious from from my name. Um, so I. I grew up in a in a small town called uh, Burpeta Road uh, in Assam. So this is about uh, 100 kilometers from from Guwahati. Uh, so I did my my schooling there until the 10th grade. Um, then I I spent two years in Guwahati for my 11th and 12th. Uh, then I went to Delhi University uh, to do my uh, bachelor's of science in chemistry. Um, then to IIT Bombay um, for for my master's of science also in chemistry, um, and then uh, that's when I, I moved to Germany. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah, more or less my my background. Wow! Yeah. So you've moved around a lot um, in India and I guess also outside India. Yes, yes. It's somehow typical if you if you grow up in the northeast and want to be. Uh, in in academics let's say yeah yeah that's that's true that's true yeah you came to germany so for your for your phd uh yes so i i came here to to do my phd and uh and then through a set of coincidences uh, i ended up staying back that was that was not the plan uh, okay things things worked out and then i stayed on why is it that then, so was Germany your first preference or did you actually, for example, prefer to go to the US or to the UK? Uh, no, so so in my case, I I really applied only to, to Germany. Um, so there are uh, several reasons for this. One is, of course, what you already said in the introduction. It's a country that is really well known for its research. I mean, now, of course, I think everybody knows this, but even back then, um, if you if you informed yourself, you you figured this out quite uh, easily and quickly, I would say. Um, so going to the US was was out of question for me because I I I did just didn't have the money to write all those expensive exams and um, and also pay uh, a fees to apply to every university. I, I find it absurd somehow, but um, anyway, that's that's their system. Um, and in the UK, at least in the time that I applied, two thousand one. There were not that many opportunities to do a PhD. Um, so, and and uh, this professor in India, with whom I did my my master's project at that time, so he was the one actually who who brought Germany to my attention. Um, and then I applied, and things worked out, and then I came here. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So, did you apply to many different universities? And um, no, so I had. I had applied actually only to two. Um, one uh, is uh, or was Stuttgart, uh, where I okay. again am now. 
Um, and the other place was actually a uh, few Berlin, where I also was a professor for several years now. Um, okay. So we have weird coincidences. I, I ended up taking up the, the offer in Stuttgart for doing a PhD because it, it matched better with uh, with the kind of things that I wanted to do. Oh, so it, it must be very interesting to be like on the other side of, uh, yeah, let's say the lecture room and uh, be the be the professor and not the, the student or the PhD candidate. Uh, yes, yes. So there are advantages and disadvantages <laughs> to, to, to that, of course. Um, I mean, the, the advantage is if, if you want to, I think you can really... Uh, do a lot of positive things, change things that you, you do not like in the system uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, the huge disadvantage, of course, is that the, the spotlight and the focus is already, always on you. Uh, so you, <laughs> you need to be on your toes. That's true. That's true. One doesn't think about that when, uh, you know, as a student going to the university, for example. Yeah, uh, that's, that's right. I mean, I didn't think about that myself when I was a student. So you, so you did your PhD from the University of Stuttgart? Yes. So, so I basically uh, followed, I would say, a very classical path so far as the German academic system is, is concerned. So I came here to do a PhD, which I finished, and then I went for a postdoc to France. So my original plan was doing a postdoc and then going back to India. Uh, but then during during the time that I, I was in France, uh, an opportunity to do a so-called habilitation. So that's what you have to typically do in Germany um, if you want to start an independent career in academics. I mean, these days there are several options, but that, let's say that's the most classical one. So there was this opportunity in Stuttgart uh, where I already was before. Um, so then I didn't actually think much about it uh, because there was an opportunity. I just took it up and then uh, came here. Uh, so came to came to Stuttgart, uh, worked on my habilitation. So that's when you need to generate uh, your own ideas. You need to start a group. You need to get third-party funding, write proposals, publish independent papers, and so on. Um, so this I did, and then more or less at the time that I, I finished uh, my habilitation here, uh, I had uh, two uh, job offers for uh, for a professor's position. One was in Dresden, the other was in Berlin. And so I took up the offer at the um, Free University in Berlin. This was beginning of 2012 when, when I shifted. Um, and then I, I stayed there for seven and a half years. And then end of 2019, I moved back to, to Stuttgart, actually to, to the position that was formerly of my former PhD supervisor who retired. And then I interviewed and I got selected. So I came back to where I started from, so to say. Oh, that's a really good coincidence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So things sometimes things things work out. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's very nice. That's very nice. So, so from the time that you started your PhD until you uh, finished your habilitation and actually got a, a position for a professor professorship, how 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 much time did that take uh, in total? 
And yeah, so the, my PhD was about uh, three and a half years. Uh, my so and and then I, I spent six more months in, in in Stuttgart at that time. Uh, my postdoc was fairly short. This was just one year. Um, the habilitation was five years, but then the habilitation is actually comparable to what you would call, let's say, an assistant professor in India. Okay. Um, with the difference that, uh, at least in a classical habilitation, there is no way to get a tenure at the same university. So you have to move away for a permanent job. But by now, there are other systems in Germany where uh, these uh, so-called junior professorship positions come with a tenure track. So then you have the chance to stay on at the same university if you are uh, evaluated positively. That actually brings me to my next questions. What are what might be the different career options once you have finished your PhD in Germany? So one one thing you already said, so one could go on and do a habilitation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then after that look for a, a tenure position. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, let's say, uh, of course, what you can do after a PhD or uh, if you would do a PhD at all after your master's, this is very much dependent on, on, the, on the field of studies, of course. Um, but in a field like chemistry, I would say in Germany, it is very, very common that you do a PhD. But after you do that, uh, the kind of career options that you have, this is very broad. Uh, so academics is, of course, one option. We discussed this briefly, uh, and I will come back to this uh, in, a, in a moment. Um, but most people who do a PhD in chemistry in Germany, they actually do not go into academics. So I would say something like 10% maybe go into academics or maybe even less, definitely not more. So wow, most other people, um, they would go on to, to do some other job. Um, so the chemical industry in Germany is very strong, uh, maybe even one of the strongest in the world. So there are many people with a PhD in chemistry who go to the chemical industry. Um, and then this, these jobs can be of many different types. So you can be uh, you know, in, in real chemical production, but you can also be working for an automobile uh, company, automobile industry, you know, trying to make catalysts for car exhausts or uh, doing research on batteries for electric cars and so on and so on. Um, then there are a lot of jobs in, in quality control of, of various types, you know, because I think for, for most kinds of quality control, you need some kind of knowledge of chemistry. You know, so, so for food, drinks and so on, it's of course very easy to imagine. But also I think for hard material quality control of that, uh, you need... Uh, a knowledge of chemistry. Then there are lots of jobs in the in the analytical uh, field, um, so that's quite huge. So forensic uh, departments, that's related to to analytics, uh, of course. Uh, then there are also quite a few jobs in uh, in the fields of you know safety and security um, related to chemicals because this is also a huge issue uh, everywhere. And then there are also people who go on to become um, 
editors of journals or, or, or do scientific writing. So that is, that is also an option. All these are full-time career opportunities. Yes, yes. These are, these are really full-time uh, career opportunities. And most of these jobs uh, are, are actually, you, you get a fairly decent salary in, in, in all of them. And as um, in academic research, is the only option uh, are the only options what we already discussed? So, either um, basically doing a habilitation or uh, getting a junior professorship. Yes. So uh, right now the 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 system is a bit complex and diverse. I would say so. There are advantages and disadvantages to disadvantages to this. Um, so if you want to stay on in academics uh, after a PhD, you would typically do a postdoc. Uh, we already discussed this. Then you, you have the chance of either doing a habilitation or uh, you can become a, a, a group leader that is slightly different because these group leader positions, they are usually either associated to some big projects that are run at, at universities or, or other research institutes, or you come with your own stipend. So there are federal funding agencies that uh, fund people at the start of their careers, also their own salary. So those would be group leader positions, or you become a junior professor. Um, this is uh, another option. And these junior professorships Sometimes they come with the option of getting tenured at the same university. So these, I would say, are the, are the best options because then you already have uh, quite a bit of uh, job security even when you start with such a position. And then there are, there are others that are without tenure. Uh, but then if you do well, I think chances are not that bad that you then get a permanent position after that. Um, yeah, so so those would be the various options of, of starting your independent career in in Germany if you want to be in academics. Okay, that's great. So you mentioned job security. Um, I wonder. So if you get a tenure position, of course, that's that's wonderful. You have a settled career, and you have a lot of job security. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, do, how high do you think are the chances that someone gets a tenure? position and if someone doesn't get a tenure position what options do they have yeah, so in terms of this turnover number this is a bit hard to to put this in black and white because i think it's it's really very very dependent on not just the broad field like chemistry let's say but really in the subdiscipline of a field that you are working on so this this varies quite a bit so i think Getting a number there would be would be difficult. What what the chances are? Um, but let's say in, from what I have seen, people who who have been successful during this initial so-called temporary phase, uh, almost all of them uh, have 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 gotten a job. Uh, what can happen is that you might uh, have to have to move places sometimes you also have to move countries so this this happens if if you really want one of these uh, professor uh, kind of kind of jobs um however uh, there are there are several other options if let's say after this temporary phase you you do not 
get a so-called uh, permanent position uh, in in the German academic system. So one option would be to become a permanent scientist, either uh, at a university or at a research institute, like Max Planck or Fraunhofer or something like this. So there are uh, also quite a few jobs in, in that direction. You can always go to the industry. So this also works. I know of one or two people who have done this. Scientific writing, I mean, if, if that, is, that is something uh, that you have a talent for, uh, this is something which which would certainly work, uh, but but then you know I don't think everyone can do this. Uh, other than a sound scientific background, I think you also need some kind of talent in writing. But if that's the case, this this would be uh, another uh, option. And then there are uh, you know these these places for vocational training that also look for chemistry lecturers. Um, or, or lecturers in various disciplines. I mean, I'm talking about chemistry because that's that's my field. So that is another option, which then is a pure uh, teaching job. Uh, so, so even if, let's say, uh, after this temporary phase, for whatever reasons, uh, things do not work out, uh, you, you do have quite a few options of doing something else. Okay. So that kind of also leads me to my next question. How would you, so, I mean, normally, like if someone is coming from India, one would always, uh, or one would often think about uh, going to the US or to the UK or to other English speaking countries mm -hmm. and doing a PhD or doing research there. Mm -hmm. uh, from what I have heard, the system for doing PhD, the programs for PhD in those countries differ from those in Germany. Mm -hmm. So how would you compare those and are there any advantages or disadvantages between the two? Okay, um, so let's say in terms of maybe just to, to uh, make this point about the language, I mean, of course, if you come from India, you grow up uh, speaking or knowing English in some form or the other. So then, you know, going to a place like like the UK or the US somehow uh, seems like a natural choice. I mean, I this is what what most people would say. So I would I would like to differ in in that in that point. I mean, because of various reasons. Uh, the first one is um, so if 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 you were coming with the sole intention of doing research, um, then uh, German is uh, is not a compulsion. I mean, uh, so research all over Germany, irrespective of the university uh, you, you go to. So I'm talking about, let's say, natural sciences and engineering. Um, research is done in English, so, so language is not an issue. And particularly if you are uh, in, a, in a big city, you know, like, like Berlin, where, where you are, or, or uh, Stuttgart, where I am right now, um, even for your day-to-day -day life, uh, you can get almost everything done uh, by speaking English. Uh, I mean, of course, for your private life, if you know the local language, this is always an advantage. So there is no point in, in not putting that into context. But just purely for your work, I don't think you, you, you need German if you are coming here to do research. So that's in terms of language. Now, um, in terms of other advantages and disadvantages, so one huge advantage of, uh, of the German system in terms of doing a PhD is that the amount of time that you would need typically is actually shorter than the U.S. 
um, maybe even shorter than the UK. I mean, compared to the US, it's certainly shorter because you do not have these uh, coursework and so on at the beginning. So right from the time you arrive, uh, you would start doing research. Um, also, the public perception of research in Germany, I think, is very, very positive. This is certainly not the case either in the UK or in the US. I think the general public there do not care much about research anymore. Uh, this is certainly different in, in, in Germany. Um, there is always this discussion about structured program versus individual PhD uh, not a program, but let's say individual uh, PhD opportunities. Um, so this is blending out in Germany, I would say. So by now, of course, there are quite a few structured PhD programs. And in all these individual PhD programs, I think now by now at every university, you do have some amount of structure that comes in from the faculty, you know, that they expect you to attend a certain number of conferences. Uh, so basically the supervisor has to make sure that you attend a certain number of conferences, that you attend a certain number of soft skill courses, and so on and so on. So things are, even in the individual PhD positions, uh, getting quite structured, I would say. So there still are some differences, but but not much. Um, in terms of disadvantages, I cannot really think of many. Maybe one small point is, as I said, you more or less start doing research from the time you arrive. So that means um, the amount of time you have for training is perhaps a bit less here compared to the U.S., so you are expected to to have uh, already have certain set of skills um, from from your undergraduate studies. So from my observation in the recent times, at least in chemistry, I think most good institutes in India they now give quite a lot of practical training to their to their students. I mean, all theoretical training if someone is in theoretical chemistry. So this is not a disadvantage anymore for, for, for Indians. It used to be in the past, but I think right now people are actually well-equipped to start uh, right from day one. Okay, that's that's very interesting. So actually, um, I'm also then curious to know a little bit about what is uh, what is it like to do PhD or academic research here in Germany? So if if you if yeah normally I would think about what is does a typical day in a researcher's life look like? Yeah, so um, let's say on 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 most days you you would be really doing the research that you are meant to do. So in in our field, you know, practical chemistry, you would be working on the bench most of the times or uh, using instruments to collect data, which then you would, you would analyze. So this would be the, the main part. So basically, um, you would, uh, together with your supervisor and a team, if, if there is one, so subgroups, uh, you would come up with a plan, and then, and then you try to execute that plan. Uh, of course, this would always keep going back and forth that you you get some results you discuss this either directly with your supervisor or with other members of the subgroup and fine-tune it and try to do other things try to find explanations to data analysis 
and so on and so forth. Uh, at many places, particularly at the universities, you also need to do some amount of teaching. This is not much. I would say 10 to 15% of your, of your time. And, and by teaching, I don't really mean uh, taking a lecture. It's more supervising students for their lab courses uh, or, or holding a tutorial or, or, or things like this. Then there are many places that would also work, expect you to, to work on some grant proposals. So I personally think uh, this is quite a positive thing because it gives you a lot of experience for your future. And then, of course, there is the writing of, of papers, of uh, you know, contributions for conferences um, or your thesis. Um, and, and then, of course, you would, in, in many projects now, there are collaborative uh, work, uh, so then you would also go to a different country or a different lab within Germany to do part of your research there. Yeah, so this would be roughly yeah, how a typical life of a PhD student would, would look like. Okay, so the main focus is on research, but there might be um, optionally teaching to do and, uh, for example, some grant proposal writing, uh, depending on the group, for example. Exactly. And, and then I think manuscript writing for your papers, this would be probably compulsory across the board, I would guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how? what does the financial aspect look like? So, for example, does one get paid to do some of these things or... Is it expensive to do a PhD or? No, no, no. So uh, if you uh, are offered a PhD position, it would necessarily come together with its own finances. So you would either have a stipend or you would be paid by the university or you would be paid uh, by uh, some research grant that your, that your supervisor has. So you definitely would not have to spend any money at all. So I think the only money you would spend is to buy your first flight ticket. Okay. And if you if you do not have, have that money, like me, I did not have that money, you just need to borrow it from, from someone or from a bank because within, let's say, two to three months of your stay here, uh, you should be able to pay back uh, that, that money that you would need for your for your flight. So the amount of money that you would make per month, uh, this is this is not very high, but it's definitely more than enough uh, to lead a good life here. And in my opinion, it's also enough to save some money and send back home if you have responsibilities. So I, I did this and I never felt that I was compromising on my uh, quality of life here. So the, the the salary that you get, it's it's not uh, exorbitant, but it's definitely more than enough to lead a decent life and also save up something. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's really a relief uh, because then one doesn't have to think about uh, money or financial aspects and one can focus on the research that uh, for which, you know, one is here in Germany, for example. Yes, yes, certainly. So, so the thing is, uh, you know, you will only get uh, a, a visa to come and do your PhD in Germany if the university gives an assurance to the to the German Foreign Office that there are enough funds to 
from the side of the university or through a research grant to to fund your stay here yeah, so this is this is quite safe i would say all right okay so let's say i have now decided to do a phd or i have decided to apply for a research position how i guess the first step would be i would have to choose a university or a specific research group what would be your suggestion about what i should look for while choosing a university or a research group mm-hmm. yes yeah, so this this gets a bit more trickier i would say for the german system compared to at least the the us system because you know, typically if you want to go to the us you would apply to the university and if you get admitted there you would then worry about which group what kind of research and so on so uh, let's say on paper that might appear to be a better system but if you take into consideration that your primary objective um in doing a phd is actually to do research then that might not be the best approach at least that's what uh, my opinion is so if you are looking for a place to do a phd i would say the way to go about this is to think about a research field that is of interest to you for whatever reason either you find it academically stimulating or you think there would be lots of jobs in that field in the future or or whatsoever but i think it's important to more or less define a field for yourself and then uh, search for uh good people in that field and and as i said particularly in 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 good institutions in india these days uh the undergraduate students they get a lot of hands on experience in 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 uh, direct research into direct research so i think for them it should be possible once they have defined a field for themselves to figure out you know which are the 20 30 names in germany um, that do good work in that field and once you have decided on that or once you have narrowed things down to that uh, then you you need to see if these people are at a place that offers a structured program structured phd program this is not very common but i think some max planck institutes and a few universities they have this then you can apply through that program if not then you would just have to individually uh, write to to the professors or the or the or the group leaders so contact them directly and then of course when you try to contact them it's always better if you have a good idea about what they are doing and about what you want to do and then formulate your cover letter or email in a way that comes across as as genuine and as 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 interesting also there are from time to time uh various universities or or research institutions from germany they go to india and hold these these fairs so i think it's worthwhile to go there um and and to have a look at what they have to say and if there are some relevant people around there to just directly talk to them uh contacting uh the dad office uh, in in delhi or i think several german universities now also have offices in delhi so contacting them via email or telephone or if you are in delhi just to go there um this will certainly be be helpful twitter it turns out these days is a very good place to figure out uh, vacancies so and i think most young people are on twitter so that would be another thing to look for 
And then if you know someone who is already here, students, PhD students particularly, asking them for advice, uh, this is um, always um, a good idea, I would say. Yeah, so so these would be some things to keep in mind if you if you are planning to apply um, to the German academic system. Okay, and to actually send the application, one just needs like a basically like a small description of what uh, the idea for the research or the topic for the research is, and maybe a CV. A CV, a detailed CV. CV would be very important if you have any kind of research experience. Uh, to mention that in some detail, what you have already done. Um, and then, of course, to explain what you would like to do and how this fits to the work of the person that you are applying to. Yeah, so these generic emails, yeah, I would say one should avoid that because people usually are put off by, by, by those emails. And so are there any specific uh, topics uh, for research within inorganic chemistry that uh, you you think are have a good research potential yes yeah, so right now there are there are several uh, fields which which are very very prominent i mean not just in germany but but the world over i would say so catalysis would be would be one topic so this is not just in inorganic but let's say in chemistry in general because it it really affects uh, all parts of our lives from getting food to the automobile industry to the environment to energy and so on and so forth so so catalysis i would say is very very prominent um then there are now in in germany there are lots of opportunities in the direction of renewable energy so either through through batteries um, or uh, through finding you know, chemical ways of generating renewable energies um, and, and, and things like this. Uh, so there is also a lot of work happening in the direction of medicinal research, also in inorganic chemistry. Um, and then uh, materials uh, remain uh, a, a big subfield of inorganic chemistry. So it can be materials for... Uh, in, in, in various fields, so, so, so you know, optical materials, uh, magnetic materials, and so on and so forth. And so these are some of, of the prominent research fields uh, within inorganic chemistry that I would say are, are very, very relevant at the moment. Okay. And one thing that I, I mean, I guess many people who are applying for such positions wonder about is what is it that uh, professors, for example, look for while um, hiring PhD students or researcher, researchers? So I, you already mentioned in some things that, for example, one should try to send an application with some uh, showing some background, background knowledge of the field. Mm -hmm. Are there any other things that uh, someone who is in a hiring position like you would think about? Yes. Yeah, so, um, of course, this is this is very very subjective, and I'm, I'm I'm sure you know people they would act in in slightly different ways. I mean, depending on on, on who the person is, but I think one uh, or two things that would be fairly uh, or that would come across as fairly positive to everyone is if you if you already have some kind of of research experience. So I think uh, you know if if you are in one of the IITs or one of these new ISERs or NISERs or at TIFR, I think uh, you 
there are various project work and uh, one or two theses that are compulsory part of your curriculum. So I think it is important to do those things well and to to collect uh, as much knowledge as, as you as you can during during these uh, project work or thesis work. And if you are not in one of these institutions and if your own institution uh, does not offer something like this, I think it would be a good idea to try to do these things during the summer break. And then, of course, uh, you should you should uh, have a professionally written CV, um, a professionally written cover letter, and so on. So these things through the internet these days are, are I think, very easy to, to formulate well. But these hands-on experience with, with various things, I think that is something which is counted as very, very positive in the German system. Because as I said, usually you would just start working on your topic more or less from the beginning that you arrive here. So if you if you can already prove that you have uh, several past experiences, this is always helpful. And um, what is perhaps also uh, important um, is you know by now in the Indian academic system uh, you have lot of uh, professors and group leaders. Uh, who have been through the German academic system, either for their PhD or for their postdoc. Um, so to talk to these people and you know somehow get connected to PIs in Germany through them, I think this is also a, a very good way of doing things. That's true. That's a very good tip. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think my I think my last question would be uh, if you have any suggestions for uh, resources or um, opportunities that you think that people from India or people from other countries uh, should keep in mind while applying for uh, for a PhD or for research in Germany? Yeah, so, so I would I would say um, the DAD is, is, a, is a very good source. Um, so they, they, they also offer stipends uh, for, a, for doing a full PhD, not that many, but, but they do offer some. But their website is usually very good for various kinds of information, you know. So, so they would also have things like cost of living and, and 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 other general stuff that you would actually need if you were to come here. Then uh, I think by now in most uh, countries in India certainly uh, in the metros, uh, I mean Delhi is the most prominent uh, because it's the capital. So there are several offices of various German academic institutions. So DAAD has an office. Then the German Science Foundation has has an office. Uh, I think the Ministry of Education has an office. Several universities have an office. And if I know this correctly, I think they are all housed in the same building or maybe two buildings. So if you are in that area to just drop by uh, and interact with these people or write them emails, uh, find information, if you get information or if you if you just hear about uh, some scientist from Germany giving a lecture in your institution or at a neighboring institute, go there, listen to these talks, uh, interact with them. Um, and then I think if you have a clear idea of what you what you want to do, this will always help you in, in achieving your goal, I would say. Then try to build up contacts either directly or through your professors in India, through your supervisors in India, through your parents, friends, uh, whatsoever. 
this is this is important and useful um get some research experience um if you if you can uh, during your studies and then i think uh, just extensively look at uh, the individual websites of every research group because these are usually quite elaborately done these days and you can get a lot of information from there and if you if you find relevant uh, students in these groups you can also contact them directly so these would be uh, some ways of 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 let's say tackling this big issue of how do i apply yeah that's a lot of uh, very useful ideas so thank you thank you very much viprajit uh, for sharing your experience your advice and all these insights with us Oh, thank you thank you very much for having me in your podcast i hope at least some of this information will be useful to some people i'm sure i'm i'm really sure uh, yeah th- that's all folks remember to subscribe to our podcast and check out our blog on indiatogermany.com see you next week